The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, this is Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I've been interviewing people all year, uh, people who I think are making a powerful impact in the transformation of human consciousness, that are doing the work, that that's handling the business. And today I have one of those people uh, that I met many years ago uh, when I've in my early days of coming on the staff at Christ Universal Temple. Today I have on the show Executive Bishop of Hillside International Truth Center and Overseer of the United Church, the Bishop Dr. Jack Bomar. How you doing there, Bishop Jack? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Good morning to you, Reverend, and thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity to share with your audience. Bless you, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing in the universe today. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, we go way back. You know, I, I actually, before the show, as I was driving into the church building just to, you know, set up to be able to interview you, I was thinking about when I first met you, you were, you you came to the Christ Universal Temple, and you said you were from out of town, and you were a, you were a minister from out of town. I believe you were in school. And you asked me, could I, could you play the piano during the uh, the noonday daily inspiration lesson? Wow. And after I think the the next day, uh, uh, you and I, along with uh, Tarek, we went to go eat at at a breakfast place just to catch <laughs> up. <laughs> you remember? Wow. We went we went and got some pancakes. <laughs> okay. Wow! My goodness. What a memory. I forgot all about that, but you're right. Absolutely correct. I remember yeah. The very next day. So you asked me to play the piano. I was like, sure. You want to play the piano while the person was teaching and praying? I was like, go right ahead. And the very next day, somehow we were all just sitting down eating pancakes. And, you know, we've been <laughs> friends ever since. So, so, you know, that was, man, I'm trying to go back, maybe 2002 or three. I believe it was actually it had to be around 2000. I first I first moved to Chicago. It was in the year 2000, 20 years ago, in fact. Okay. Um, so I visited. It was it was around that time, 20 years ago. Oh, wow! Came to, wow! That I met you at that time at Hilton. You were working at, at Christ Universal Temple. You were were you were working in the bookstore, right? Yes, yes. So it had to be 2001 when we met, and it must have been when I first got here, because I was working at the church as a teacher in the Johnny Coleman Institute, but I was still working in management for Dominic's Finer Foods. I was a customer service manager, and so I know that in 2000, I was working, I think I was still working over on uh, Roosevelt and Kedzie 
and wow. uh, a store that they opened up in early 2000. So I know that by 2001, a year later, early 2001, I came to work for Reverend Coleman at Christ Universal Temple. So I might have, I must have met you immediately, but I do remember you asking me that question, and I do remember <laughs> without a doubt that we were eating pancakes with Tariq the very next day. <laughs> we, we, well, went, we went to looms. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I have to say this about you. You have been so consistent on your path. You, you. As, as long you. as I've known you, I remember when that time that we did, when we met, you have been so consistent. So I'm not surprised at all at the great work that you're doing and your ministry today. Not the least bit surprised. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. So uh, before we get into some of the questions, uh, and just so you know, I believe we have a, a caller on deck already, but I'm, I'm going to ask the caller if you could just hold on for a moment so I can just ask Reverend Jack a little bit about his story before we start getting into some of the principles that you espouse in your ministries. Um, uh, can you give, we talked a little bit about your background, but how did you end up in the position that you are? If you go back and you start looking at your story, <laughs> what what is your abridged ministerial story? Wow. Well, you know, it's for me, uh, Reverend, it started early on in my childhood. I, I grew up very active in the church. At the age of nine, I became the piano player for my home church in Tennessee, Mid, uh, Midwest Tennessee. I was a member, grew up as a member of the Missionary Baptist Church. Although we never did missions, I don't, we just bore the name, okay? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do any mission work at all. But, and so I started playing the piano out of a need. Uh, at the age of nine, I, I remember seeing a televangelist one day, and um, he asked, whatever you want God to do, write it, put it in a letter, and mail it to me. And I promise you that it will be re your request will be granted. And so I'm young, and I saw him, and I wrote this letter. God, please send me a piano and teach me how to play it. And I promise you, I'll play for the church. Well, I was too small to capture the address. You know, they flashed the address, and then it disappeared, and I never got the address. So I wrote that letter and put it in an envelope and um, placed it in um, a Bible. And it was probably about three months later that um, a piano was given to me. And two weeks later, I was playing my first song. My first song was God Has Smiled on Me. And about two months later, I was called upon to play in church. And I'm like, I don't know how to play. I don't know how to play. And then, um, but every Sunday I played and did my best. And it was uh, my first experience with uh, writing the letters to God. It was I didn't know it was called letters to God as we do during the Bernie Bowl ceremony. Um, but that is, that's exactly what it was. So I grew up in the church uh, as a child, um, very active, traveling all over the region where I'm from, where I was from, playing the piano with choirs and music groups. And uh, um, it wasn't until after college that I was introduced to New Thought by way of this extraordinary young lady who was a therapist at the facility where I was supervising. And I was young, you know, the youngest supervisor, the only a couple of people of color serving in leadership there. And 
it was a very stressful time, and she suggested that I go and get this book entitled The Art of Meditation by Joel Goldsmith at the Unity Bookstore in Nashville, Tennessee. I was living in Nashville at that time, so this had to be right at 20, 26 years ago. Um, and I went to the bookstore, and it was just beautiful. I was there. If you're familiar with Nashville in the Brentwood area, it's the, one of the the wealthier areas of uh, the city. And I was just so moved with the hospitality and the warmth that I was greeted with. And um, uh, I got that book and so many other books and cassette tapes. At that time, you can get meditation on cassette tapes. And I was listening. I picked up all of Mary Cupferly's material, her books. And, and the more I read, the more I wanted. And the more I read, the more it was confirming stuff that I always believed but had no ones to validate it as truth. And it just felt so right to me. And um, I became familiar with Dr. Johnny Coleman. Uh, this therapist says, oh, you got to learn. You know, there's a whole movement called New Thought. I'm like, New Thought? What's that? And so she began to tell me about it. She talked about she was out of Agape with Reverend Michael Beckwith. And she was telling me about Reverend Michael, and she told me about Dr. Johnny Coleman. And she told me about Reverend Dr. Bar- at that time, Dr. Barbara King. And so the more I read, the more I wanted to know. It's like I was being fed, and I had this um, spiritual thirst that was being quenched, and I wanted more. And I remember, I think it was probably my first visit to Chicago. Believe it or not, I actually remember calling Christ Universal Temple, wanting to explore, uh, enroll in um, uh, the ministerial program. And I was asking if there were housing opportunities, um, if they provided housing opportunities. And at that time, I'm sure I spoke with Reverend Helen Carey. Uh, at that time, and she stated there was no housing opportunities that they were able to uh, provide at the time. So I'm just looking. I became very active in the Unity Church in Memphis, my home Unity Church, and and um, uh, listening to all of Dr. Johnny Goldman's material. And then I was on my way to uh, thought that I wanted to go to law school, and I applied to this law program at University of Iowa, and I was um, taking this trip to a pre-law conference for African-American students, students of color. And on that flight, I was re- I, uh, was reading this book entitled Transform Your Life, How to Have a Blood and Night Frowned by Dr. Barbara King. And I was reading her story, and the more I read, the more I wanted to know. And I didn't really know any, you know, that much. I didn't know anything really about her other than what I was learning through her book. And I'm so I'm there at this pre-law conference, and I'm, okay, this is my journey. I'm going to be an attorney and all of this stuff. And I returned from that conference. This time I'm living in Memphis. I'd moved in Memphis. And uh, I'm praying, asking God, are you sure I'm supposed to go to law school? And I heard, Jack, you're on the right path, but it's not the laws of the land you got to learn. you got to law- learn the laws of the universe. And so it was shortly after after that, maybe two weeks later, the minister, Reverend Ernestine Lee, Ernestine Hackler Lee, was the minister of the Unity Church there, and she became my spiritual midwife and approached me and said, hey, Spirit said you're supposed to teach this class um, using this book entitled uh, The Imprisoned Splendor by Robert Wasner. 
who was a unity minister, and it was all about the universal laws, the universal principles. And so the more I studied them and started teaching the adult class, I was already working with the children ministry. Uh, I, I was, you know, was, I just had this thirst, and I was growing and learning, and I couldn't get enough. And and then uh, I was also working with this uh, school as director of community out, um, public relations and community outreach, and uh, took a trip to Atlanta during the summer, visited Hillside, saw Dr. Barbara King, and to, a month later I moved to Atlanta, and I was supposed to. Spirit guided me to Atlanta, the Hillside to um, enroll in the ministerial program and to serve on the staff there at the church. And the rest is history. Um, oh, beautiful, the journey beautiful. continues with so much more to it, but that's it in a nutshell, how I got started. Beautiful, beautiful. I do want to give the people an opportunity. Uh, we have one caller on that I'm going to bring in and I believe she wants. I believe she has a question. So let me see really quickly sure. because I have my own questions. But hold on. Sure. Uh, all right, Janine, are you there? Do you have a question? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I did not have a question. I just wanted to say good morning to Reverend Jack and let him good know morning. that I was listening. Oh, good morning, Janine. God bless you. Janine was a member of the first church I served, Unity Church I served there in Chicago, Reverend Galen. In fact, that's where, uh, after I left CUT and Power Circle, I was attending Power Circle. But Janine, thank you so much. She was a part of the disciple ministry there. Just a beautiful soul. Thank you, Janine. Yes, and I am now part of Christ Universal Temple, and I follow both of you guys. So I just want to say good morning to the both of you and give you my blessings. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support. God bless you. And just keep up the good work. All right. Yeah. So, so Reverend Jack, so in the midst of many of the things that people are working with right now, in the midst of uh, a global pandemic, obviously churches had to become digital and, you know, work around, you know, this situation and circumstance and, you know, of the world that is, you know, and at least in our lifetimes, unprecedented, you know, um, how are you managing and working ministry around uh, this current environment? You know, that's a great question, uh, Reverend Galen. It's, um, you know, with, with this COVID-19, and the truth is that the shift that has occurred I'd, and I've been in conversations with many ministers and pastors and spiritual leaders, and this is the consensus that we will not go back to doing things the way that we were before COVID-19. Very similar to when 9-11 hit and things changed, and you can think about all of the changes that occurred after that and since that, that time. And what we're called to do now is to surrender to the creativity of spirit, the creativity of God, and as ministers, spiritual leaders, we're called to get out of the mode, and for many of us, we were trying to in this traditional mode that we were given in doing ministry, and now we're called to get out of that. We have to do it differently. Um, there are those, and I thank God for technology. I thank God for the internet and the phone lines and all of these means of communication that affording us the opportunity to stay connected 
not only with those who are part of our immediate spiritual communities, but to connect with those in the global, our global family members who are seeking the message that we're offering and sharing. And I do truly believe that the ministries and ministers and spiritual leaders and spiritual communities that are able to make this quantum leap and to step into this newness, this new experience, will be those that succeed in it. Now, we are having to do things differently. It's interesting. You know, I'm over seeing um, a couple of ministries, the ministry, Reverend Ike's Ministry United Church in Beaufort, South Carolina, and um, providing um, spiritual leadership, thank God, with my spiritual mother, Bishop Dr. Barbara Lewis King, at Hillside in Atlanta. And the approach to ministry right now, the approach to connecting and staying connected with um, the congregation is a bit different. In Beaufort, which is a more mature uh, congregation, uh, many of whom have no connection with, have never even touched the computer. They do not have a smartphone. In fact, many of them are still using the landline. And for them, having ministry over the phone, service, prayer, time over the phone is so impactful and nourishing for them. Uh, In Atlanta, we're having to be creative in doing our um, sanctuary, what we're calling the cyber sanctuary, and meeting people differently, realizing that because of the mandates from COVID-19 and mandates of maintaining social distancing and keeping safe and, um, you know, sheltering in place. Although the restrictions have lifted, we had to make sure that we were providing ministry in a safe way, in a way that did not subject others to a possible uh, contagion or contraction of the uh, virus. And the way that we've approached it is through the cyber sanctuary. Everything is online. Yet we still have a number of calls, Zoom. Thank God for Zoom. I know there were some challenges with Zoom for a while. The many prayer lines that we have going on in Atlanta, Bishop King is doing her podcast on um, on Facebook and having so much fun with it. And, you know, we're just being creative in meeting people where they are, providing a sense of hope sense of encouragement, a sense of upliftment to sustain, because so many people are struggling during this time. And I don't have to tell you this. You already know that. I'm sure you're getting right. countless calls for prayer and, and for counseling. Uh, mm-hmm. So many people are struggling, and they're trying to uh, recalibrate and establish their new normal. What is this? What does this mean? And for many, it's a challenge. We have what nearly 35, 40 million people who had to file for unemployment. Uh, 30, 40 million people who've lost their insurance. Um, people are, are, you know, uh, from experiencing bank uh, foreclosure and um, the divorce. We cancel all of these things. The divorce rate is at an all-time high. The suicide rate is at an all-time high. And people are trying to make sense of these experiences. And it is so important that we who have been gifted and called to be um, ministers and channels of hope and inspiration – that we use every platform, every avenue possible to get the word of hope, the word of faith, the word of truth to the people. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So I do want to ask you a little bit about um, taking on, and I'm using the word taking on intentionally, the 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 legacy of working with the name of Reverend Ike. We'll, I want to talk about uh, Bishop King later, but but Reverend Ike, because Reverend Ike was known for his teachings of abundance <laughs> and prosperity. Uh, and, you know, by the way, I've never told you this story, but since you, we're on the phone, uh, when I met Reverend Ike, obviously Christ Universal Temple several times, but I never got a chance to know him, know him. So one day, yeah. our brother, uh, Reverend Kevin Ross, I was in ministerial training, I think it was like 2000, early 2001, and uh, Reverend Wells and I, we uh, get picked up, we go to a, a restaurant in the Miami area, downtown Miami or something like that, and hmm. and Reverend Ike is there, and we knew Reverend Ike was going to be there, so we're pumped up. <laughs> say the least so so uh <laughs> i'm not gonna tell the whole story um uh, you know because he could be quite the personality uh uh but but what was funny to me was when i got there and we started talking it, it was a few things that stood out one i asked him did he uh bring his rolls royce and he said which one son uh, that stood out. <laughs> I was like, well, how many do you have? You're like, right, currently, you're I, right. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I've bought, bought so many through the years. <laughs> that stood out. <laughs> Two, I'm not exaggerating. This is I, you can ask Reverend Wells or Reverend Ross. He he. I asked him uh, my favorite Reverend Ike lesson outside of my favorite three is get your butt out the way. I think it's classic. Uh, I meet no one but me. And feeling gets the blessing, which is six lessons. And, you know, I could teach him off the top of my head like nothing. So I asked him a question about feeling gets the blessing. He goes into a 15-minute sermon at the dinner table. <laughs> and, and, and and Bishop, he looks around about 15 minutes in. He looks around, and, you, and he was so loud in how he presented and talked. Everybody in the <laughs> restaurant stopped, and they were listening to him preach, not complaining. He was in the zone. And he said he had a um a bottle of uh of wine in a in a um in a container with ice. He said I'd have dumped this ice out of this bucket to take an offering in the restaurant. <laughs> uh, that sounds like you know that sounds like him. <laughs> he 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 was oh. always there. He was always there. And uh and and then we talked about he was he told me that. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a, a, it was a young minister he was looking at that was a son of a friend of his, and he he said this young man's gonna do some great work. Uh, I knew his father, um, and his father did good work, and the the young minister he was talking about was Joel Osteen. Wow. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. He's like, I'm keeping my eyes. He's like, I knew his dad. His dad did some good work. He's like, this young man, he's going to do some good stuff. I'm keeping, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching him. He just, you know, mm. because a lot of people don't know that, that Joel Osteen's dad were, was friends with New Thought Ministers, but he never talked yeah. about it publicly. So, you know, but anyway, um, we're about three minutes in. So how was it working with the the legacy of, Reverend Ike, in three minutes, please. 
in three minutes. What I have to yes, tell before you, we go for our break. Well, yes. Okay. Uh, well, it, you know, it's I, it's been extraordinary to have connected with his wife, Reverend Mrs. Ike, and his son, Bishop Xavier Ike Coder, and his wife, Annette, and have had the privilege over this is my tenth year with the organization, working with the community from the church and and the community in New York to um, the Mother Church in Beaufort, South Carolina. I have to tell you, I have I have been stretched and expanded and in ways that I didn't even know um, or could even have fathomed before I met them. And I would love to tell you, I don't know if we still have time, I can tell you how we made that connection. I never got to meet Reverend Ike in the physical. Okay. Uh, in fact, he transitioned in 2009. I wanted to meet him. I really wanted to meet him in person. <laughs> I never got to meet him in person, so I applaud you and I celebrate. I love hearing your story. Uh, I have to tell you, although I never got to meet him in person, I have seen him countless times in um, in spirit, and he would come to me in my dreams. He would come to me not just in my sleeping time and to guide me and direct me on how to maneuver and to handle particular situations as it pertains to the, uh, his, you know, his, his daughter ministry in New York, United at the time. When I got there, it was United Alice Cathedral. And um, now the Mother Church, United Church of Jesus Christ for all people that we are, uh, that's known uh, here in the Beaufort area as United Church. And so although I never got to meet him in person, he cont- he's, he serves as an ch- extraordinary mentor for me through his teachings and his messages and his messaging. I have... Um, I'll tell you, I think it was at the age of eight that I was first introduced to him. My mother used to be an avid Reverend Ike supporter and listener and follower. And, um, and you tell me when we got, when we got to take this break. Uh, we, we have about 30 this. seconds. Right. We can pick it up. Well, so we can just okay, pick it up. I just want to let you know that we all have the cutoff. So if you want to just stop here for a second and we can pick it up from there because I think that this is a part of the story and that's a good thing. So let me just give my quick 20-second commercial before we go okay. to break. When we come back, right. if you want to call in and ask uh, Bishop Jack a question, you can call in at 816-251-3555, 816 Five, five. You can call in. You can ask him a question. You know, during the second half of the show, we want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback. We would love to hear from you. So make sure that you know, when we come back, if you have a question for uh, the Bishop Dr. Jack Bomar, make sure you call in. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we go on with our show, let me just give this quick commercial, I want to make sure that everyone connects with Christ Universal Temple via our live stream on Sundays from 10.30 a.m. until 12 p.m. Central Time. Uh, the live stream is at our website, which is cutemple.org, cu, www.cutemple, cu, the word temple, .org, 
or on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is Christ Universal Temple. You can also go to our YouTube page, which is CU Temple. If you happen to miss it live, don't worry about it. We actually keep the sermon up on the YouTube and the Facebook channel so you can see it at your convenience. Also, I want to make sure that besides listening and supporting this show every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Central Time, that you're touching base with Reverend uh, Dr. Derek B. Wells' Facebook uh, live uh, broadcast, which is Temple Talks, which is 7 p.m. Central Time uh, every Wednesday night. Also, Monday through Friday from 12 to about 1230, I tend to go over. Uh, we have a Facebook Live Daily Inspiration for Better Living lesson. So you can go to Facebook, 12 o'clock Central Time, tune in, and you can hear uh, me. Normally, I'm teaching Wednesday through Friday, and uh, our COO, Gavin Jackson, is doing Monday and Tuesday, giving you practical, everyday, new thought lessons for better living. Make sure you tune in. And we also have a conference call on Thursday nights, which is for prayer at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can go to the website or you can go to our Facebook page to get the number and the and the you know the access code so you can be a part of our prayer process. We want to make sure that we're staying in contact with you, that we're staying in tune. And if you need prayer support, you can call 773-568-1717. 773-568-1717. So stay in tune. Christ Universal Temple is here for you. All you got to do is plug in. And and we're one click on your phone or one phone call away. All right. So our guest today is uh, the Bishop Dr. J- Jack Bomar. And he's discussing now, right now, the working with the legacy of of <clears throat> the uh, the legendary Reverend Ike. And I want to make sure, uh, uh, Bishop, before you go into explaining a little bit more about that legacy, could you let people know how to get in contact with you, you know, your website, your church, uh, church information, so they can make sure that they stay plugged into your ministry? Absolutely. Um, uh, there are a, couple, a few ways. One, you can go to hillsideinternational.org um, and log on. The Hillside Facebook page as well. You can also go to ucbuford.com, ucbuford, B-E-A-U-F-O-R-T, as in Buford, South Carolina.com, uh, to do that. And Or you can log on to my uh, humanitarian organization, blessinghandsusa.com, to find out information. So um, would be delighted to hear from you and to uh, yeah. be in touch with you. And don't you have a you have a Facebook live show as well? Is that correct? We do, we do. In fact, on Wednesdays, I've started this in January of last year. Each um, each week, we have been uh, we have a session called the Hour of Blessings, utilizing Reverend Ike's content and his Science of Living Study Guide, Health, Joy, and Prosperity for You. And each Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a session where we're uplifting the science, um, the science of living principles and expounding upon that. And uh, it's extraordinary. We invite you to tune in. You can tune in um, either use, uh, on hillsideinternational.org from the Facebook, the Hillside International Truth Center um, Facebook page and, um, or on uh, blessinghandsusa.com. 
uh, we would love for you to tune into that. So we have quite a bit going on. So in terms of Reverend Ike's material, and then of course we have our services, you can see uh, on Sundays, 10, 8 Eastern Standard Time, we do a flashback service at 1 p.m. and then one at 7 p.m. and Bishop King is doing her um, 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 broadcast uh, at 8 p.m. on Sundays and 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, Eastern Standard Time. And you can see that on her personal Facebook page um, if you um, log on to it. So Beautiful. I think that, 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 yeah. That covers it. That covers it. So, again, busy. So, you know, taking on the, the, the legacy of the prosperity teachings of Reverend Ike, so teaching uh, his material and his particular slant on new thought and um, how has that shaped you as a minister and your awareness of prosperity? Man, let me tell you, I mean, Reverend Ike, uh, just as Dr. Coleman and as Dr. Barbara King and so many others, he was just a, a master teacher. And I can hear his message and listen to his um, content, um, you know, over and over and hear something new. And what it's done, it's helped me to understand um, or to put the language of new thought in expressions or words that um, might be easier for people to get, especially people coming out of non-new thought communities, uh, people who are coming from uh, more traditional uh, faith traditions. And to hear his understanding, or he was teaching new thought and metaphysics way, you know, back in the uh, 50s and 60s, he started young. And his content is just extraordinary and so apropos for today. I was sharing the story that I was first introduced to him by way of the radio. Many people tuned in might know that Reverend Ike used to be on more and a thousand radio um, stations at one time back in the 70s and 80s. And I remember hearing him share, uh, hearing him one night because my mother was an avid follower and listener, and she would also mail in her donations for the prayer clause, right? And uh, I remember hearing this voice come over the radio saying, you can have what you want to have. You can um, be what you want to, you can do what you want to do and go where you want to go through the presence and power of God in you. And I thought, wow, that's extraordinary. I can have what I want to have. I can do what I want to do. I can be what I want to be. And he was, you know, sharing his message of hope uh, at a time, you know, in the 70s. I was born in 71, so I'm talking about it had to be around eight in the, the late 70s, coming right out of the civil rights um, movement and the Jim Crow telling people, who had been oppressed and suppressed and repressed, depressed, stressed, that you this this does not have to be your end all. This does not have to, to be the, your story. You can rewrite your story, and there's a way to do it, that there's a presence and a power within you. And if you can turn to that and get in tune with it, it will teach you and guide you on how to recreate your life and life experiences. And so for me, having heard that early on and then, having been privileged to uh, meet his family and to serve his community. And I met them by way of um, our dear friend and brother, Bishop Carlton Pearson, um, 
after returning to Chicago, I guess it was in 2010, early part of 2010, to um, focus full-time on my doctoral studies there at McCormick Theological Seminary in Chicago, that uh, he introduced me to the Eichern coders. And um, as a result of that introduction, uh, they invited me to New York to provide the leadership of their congregation there. And it was an extraordinary, life-changing experience for me. Met so many beautiful people um, and just got to tap into another level of truth, of, of metaphysics, of the esoteric teachings and spiritual understandings of sacred texts. And it's just been extraordinary. In fact, I've, you can hear some of the story. I share some of it in the book that I wrote a few years back called God and Money, How to Manifest Your Divine Riches. This came as a result of the pros- radical prosperity class that uh, launched one during the time that I was serving the Unity Church in Hawaii. And from that class, we put the content in uh, a book form, and the content was inspired by the teachings of Reverend Knight. And so today, as um, um share his message and so privileged to uh, have the opportunity to do that. I was just in conversation with his wife last night and uh, just so grateful for that connection. And as I speak with often share with my mother, I'm like, oh, those seeds that you were sowing into the ministry certainly paid off. So thank God for that. Uh, Absolutely. And I'm truly grateful. Yeah, somebody, if you go back far enough, somebody normally has somebody praying them through to get them to where they need needed to be or what they were purposed to be is a better term so so uh what what have you what have you learned from the magnificent leadership and modeling of the bishop dr barbara king (laughs) oh now listen you know i have a lot of mamas i have my biological mother people know my story that i certainly love my mother i have a spiritual mother in it uh, in Chicago, Reverend Helen Cooper, then Bishop Barbara King, Bishop Dr. Barbara Lewis King is my spiritual mother that has helped birth me into ministry. And um, to, I, when I first moved to Atlanta, I, was, I thought that I needed to learn to be more assertive in life. You know, I have this kind of passive, a peaceful, passive kind of a soul. And I felt that I just needed to learn to be more assertive. And all I didn't realize is just moving to Atlanta and studying uh, with Bishop King at the time, Dr. Reverend Dr. Barbara Lewis King, and to observe her in ministry and to observe her strength and her wisdom and her total um, allegiance to and dependency on the Spirit of God within her, uh, to see that faith in action, to see her faith at work has been such an inspiration to me. And a guide for me in these years of ministry, I first moved to Atlanta in 1998, and it was shortly after that, two months later, I'm working in the church and enrolled in the Barbara King School of Ministry and um, went through the program. And it was during that time that I just got to see her love, her commitment to her call, and her love for humanity. And to see that you can, you can be um, a teacher and a minister of truth and that still be an agent for social transformation. And that's what I got from her and the freedom of expression. Now, you know, 
coming out of the Baptist church and then in college attending um, the Church of God in Christ. And so I grew up, you know, needing to give spirit in me the freedom to express. And then getting into new thought, when I first got into unity, it was, you know, meditative and quiet. And I got the word, but I missed the spirit of it. And it wasn't until I got to the Unity Church in Memphis and then got to Atlanta, the hillside. I'm like, oh, people shouting and they can speak and talk and even dance if the spirit moves in them. And to see that freedom of expression opened up uh, a new level of experiencing and understanding, realizing that as we surrender to the movement of spirit, the inspiration, the uh, anything that the soul is desiring to experience comes from that experience, comes from that moment, comes from that surrendering, comes from letting go and giving God permission to work. So I can't say enough about all that I've learned um, from Bishop King, and you're well aware that you're, you all are siblings in the ministry, really, because you were both yeah. ordained by Dr. Barbara, um, by Do- Dr. Johnny Coleman, who becomes yeah. my spiritual grandmother. And yes. uh, I'm just so delighted and honored to have the privilege to be working with her in the capacity that I am and to be serving her ministry at this time and to continue her legacy as well. So it's just an extraordinary honor uh, for both yes. of these uh, tremendous legacies. You know, it's and just kind of funny. You know, I, I uh, interviewed uh, Bishop King uh, a few months ago, right before, right around the time the pandemic was initially starting. And, you know, just asking her, I interviewed her twice, one with uh, Les Brown and a few other uh, leaders, and then once by herself. And what one of the things I got from it, which which I knew already, but it came across even more so, and I guess with reflection. Uh, I don't think there there are vocabulary words to explain how much Bishop King actually loves, not loved, loves the Reverend Doctor Johnny Coleman. Like oh, yeah. it's 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 deep. It's 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 drilled for oil deep, and it, oh, yeah. it really came across across rather how strong that love was and is to this day it was it was amazing to me because i could just feel it through the computer as she was talking on the phone it's like man you know what do you give back to a person who helped you discover god in you and it was Mm -hmm. a good reminder of the responsibility that we have you know uh, years ago when when i first uh you know, sat down with Reverend Coleman to have a conversation about the possibility of me leaving uh, my managerial position to come work for her. She said to me, amongst many things, she said, uh, my, she basically said, my secret to success is my people love me because Mm -hmm. I love them first. Wow. And, and, you know, and, you know, she could have said all the stuff about her business acumen and her metaphysics and, you know, how strong of a personality she was. But she's like, no, my secret is my secret to success is my people love me. Now, this is the whole quote. My people love me because I love them first. And because wow. I love them first, they'll follow me. Beautiful. 
You know, wow. and that's wow. always stuck with me. Like, okay, are you leading with love? Because that's basically what she was saying. Are you leading with love? She was known as a strong, powerful, and fiery personality. But that's not what she was really leading with. She was leading with love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something else. So I have a, a a question I think is very unique, and I think you can you can give a a very good honest response about it because you've worked in several ministries across our wonderful country, and I think it gives you a very unique perspective. Um, new thought in the religious world is pretty much still the best kept secret. People teach our stuff; they don't know it's new thought. Uh, uh, other people use our teachings as fodder to expand their teachings. Uh, what does new thought need to do to grow? Wow. That is a power pack question there, Reverend. Um, <laughs> I think, I know. you know, I have to say that, um, and I've learned this, observed this with uh, Reverend Ike and his approach to ministry. And I just, Reverend Ike, I've been researching, you know, there are some other, especially um, African-Americans in the new uh, teaching, new thought. You go back to Reverend Ike, then from that, Daddy Grace, and even Father Divine back in the 20s and 30s teaching it. Father Divine studied with um, uh, Charles, uh, Reverend uh, Charles Fillmore, and many people out of the unity movement joined his movement, yet they did not limit or restrict themselves to a particular title or label. And I know that the message of New Thought, and I remember being in uh, Australia and working with the aboriginals about Australia, and we were talking about church and ministry and talking about our beliefs and New Thought, and I was sharing with them the principles of New Thought. And they said, that's not new. We've been teaching this for years, and their civilization goes back 40, 50, 60,000 years. They said, we've been teaching this for, for years. And it's not new. And I think that sometimes that the label itself, uh, it's more important to wear a label than to just share and espouse the truth and to be willing to speak up and to be the voice. When we would say truth, um, you know, in many instances, people like to feel that they have it. They got the ultimate truth. Nobody has a monopoly on truth. We have right. an understanding that has set our souls free to uh, express and to live and to share, to grow and experience. And truth as we are teaching it is the truth of who we are as spiritual beings. And I think the more that we can embody that at a soul level and to express it and be willing to stand up and be that light, to be that voice, to be that truth in the midst of moments of darkness as, you know, and many, for many they're seeing, some people see that this time in which we're in as a dark night of the soul, and others can see it as on the verge of a spiritual revolution. And we're called to be that now. If there's ever a time that we need to be a voice of truth, there's ever a time that the message that we espouse is because others, you're right, so many others are speaking and teaching and uh, writing this material, and they're using it. You hear it in, in a lot of the big televangelists, you hear it in their messaging. You <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about spirit, soul, and body. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And they're talking about making the connection with God, learn to listen to spirit, and they're doing it on their platform, and so many people are gravitating to the message, and they're willing to step up and to be present. They're willing to lend their voice 
And I think for us, I remember having this conversation years ago. I think we were in Cancun when we started. Didn't we talk about yeah. this years well, ago I, uh, in Cancun? Yeah, how, I think we did talk we about it, and we talked about it in Atlanta at uh, at a panorama of truth as well. But the Cancun was for talking before, about it. Start being yeah, it. Stop, yeah. stop talking and do it. Walk the walk. Let people look yeah. and see. You know that we we're we're at the forefront. We're in it. We're 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 we're, we're doing it. And so people, rather than hearing the talk. So much gets lost in in the talking that we see the walk and lives are being changed and transformed uh, rather than trying to bear a label, just bear the presence, reflect the presence. And um, that's been my approach. And it has allowed me to move, um, you know, to enter ministries uh, within communities, be in uh, solidarity with so many other faith traditions, uh, realizing I don't have to lose a sense of self, and my own, even from my own background, beliefs, and teachings from the Baptist Church. None of that gets thrown out for me. It's all elevated. Um, you know, some would say you got you uh, to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I don't believe that. I believe that everything, every experience, every teaching has helped to get me and helped to get us where we are today, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. But it's helped us to get to this level of understanding that we are at today. And I think the more that we can embrace that and use those platforms to share and speak the word of truth and to share the message of truth and light and love and hope and faith and unity and oneness, that the world will see and come running. What's that saying from um, um, Field of Dreams? If you build it, build it in consciousness. Build it in consciousness, they will come. And they are yes. running. They are running to others who are not even bearing the label and the title of New Thought. And I can name, we can all name some of the big televangelists with um, packed out crowds, houses, and services, and millions of followers teaching New Thought, but don't even name it New Thought. And yeah. people are following. Sometimes the label can get in the way. Yeah, you know, I think it's very interesting because, you know, in the New Thought movement, this is obviously a conversation that's consistently happening. And what I just tell people, you know, um, you know, I can be very direct. And <laughs> well, I think we all know that you can, you can you can bring your hardcore. You can be hardcore, Reverend. Yeah, <laughs> hardcore so metaphysically. Metaphysically. Yeah. <laughs> so so I just tell people honestly. I say, you know, for me, in in other denominations, uh, we need to learn their best practices, just like they're learning ours. And let's put our best presenters. Let's put our let's promote the people who can present the message in and, you know, in many of the denominations of Christianity and other religions. You have people who do different things. You have the scholars. You have the people who are support ministerial folks. You have the administrative people in ministry and you have people who are the teachers and you have people who are diehard preachers. They can get people, they can move people with the message. And I think it's important that uh, the ability to preach is, is, is and present the message should be emphasized more in New Thought. You know, uh, it was almost like, you know, outside of certain circles that, you know, preaching was viewed 
almost poorly. Like, okay, I give a talk, I give a lecture. I don't have to use, like you said, it's quiet, it's meditation, <laughs> meditative. I don't have to use emotion. I'm just going to teach, you know, talk show on no truth spirit. page 30 no, yeah, without, no without any energy, without any passion, without any movement. But that's unlike, that's not what I do. You know, I preach with my body. You preach with your body. Reverend Wells, uh, Rev, you know, Reverend Ike did it. Reverend Coleman did it. Uh, Reverend Wells does it. I do it. You do it. And there's several others. And I think because we got like a minute left, but I think it's important that people feel because, again, feeling gets the blessing. So (laughs) you can't you can't sit up there and say, okay, let's turn to our, you know, and I'm not saying this is a knock, but everybody doesn't want to hear a quiet Christian science type lecture. They want to hear for the cerebral. We got to get to the heart of it. You got to get to the heart. It has to have some feeling. So, um, you know, we have less than a minute left. So let me, first of all, just thank you for coming on. Uh, I I look forward, you know, to seeing all of the great work that God is going to do through you. And let me just say this is an open invitation. If you got things you want to let the world know that you're doing, you you, you have a standing invitation to Truth Transforms. So you can do what you need to do. So because I know what you do blesses the world. And thank you so much. So so we're just gonna do what we gotta do. You know, I wanna make sure (laughs) that um, you know, if you're in the Atlanta area or South Carolina area or when things go back, go check them out. In the meantime, check him out online. He gave you the information on how to contact him, how to stay in tune, and just do what you need to do. Because I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if you if you if you follow under what he's teaching, you'll get better. Your life will get transformed. So oh, bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reverend Caitlin. Thank and you. Thank you listeners. so much. So all we'll right. be with you all next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you all. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg. And I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.